Our kids give us lots of reasons to grab our hair, confused, and wonder, why did you do that? Have you ever seen that deer in the headlights look back at you when you ask? They suddenly switch from what it is they're doing to staring at you without an answer. Today, we will dig into one reason that that may be the case, and it might not be what you think. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Language of Play again. Today is episode 49 Next time, we are going to be celebrating 50. I mentioned already that we're going to have some kind of special offer. Well, that celebration offer has been fully determined, and you are about to hear it. I'm so excited. It's very exciting. June 1st is when it's coming out. So come back and listen and be one of the first five people for an added bonus. Before we begin, here's a review, a lovely review from Lizzie Klobus. She writes, "Ee, Dina Lynn, your podcast is amazing. I listened to the first two and was wowed. You are doing something needed, unique, and accessible for families. I would think you've been a podcaster for quite some time. Love it. Congrats on your recent rankings. I can see why. My middle son spent many years with a speech pathologist, and there were just not enough of you to go around, quite frankly. I look forward to this journey together here and continue listen, continuing to listen to your podcast. Thank you, Lizzie. That made my day. And anybody else, if you have not yet left a review, please know when I read a review and I know that I'm making a difference for somebody, it really does make my day and give me a lot of encouragement. And if any of you are finding this helpful, head on over to Apple Podcasts, please. Leave me a review. Tell me what it is that you like, and I will create more content on the topics that you tell me you need. Many of us grew up with questions like, why'd you do that? To mean, change yourself, or that was stupid, or shame on you, or you did something wrong. Or maybe it was any other negative meaning of your behavior. You just knew that when you heard, why'd you do that? Or what were you thinking? It meant something negative. And I know I can remember wondering, just waiting for the next response, wondering, what did I do? And I've seen this very often with other children too, that they're not exactly sure what it is that happens. And they stand there looking at their parents, silent, a little bit fearful, knowing something's coming up, but they don't really know how to respond to that why question. 
many of us were raised with our parents using that question because they were triggered by our behavior and they used the question why to express their feelings instead of using that moment to teach and try to understand why did you do what you were doing? Today we're going to start with a story about a child and what he was really thinking when the parent actually took the time to be authentic in asking him why. A third grade boy was outside of the garage at home. He found a hammer and he found a pile of patio blocks in perfect condition. They'd been sitting there a while and he starts tapping on them with the hammer and they start to break. And he keeps tapping them with the hammer and more break. Pretty soon the pile is tipped over and one after another he's smashing these patio blocks. His father comes out to find him and his response is, why'd you break the patio blocks? And the child looks up at him and just hangs his arms down and he's staring at his dad. Seems like a reasonable question for that dad to ask, doesn't it? Now this child had a reputation of breaking things. He regularly broke all kinds of things. So it seemed like he's just breaking things again. However, after this father stopped to think about, okay, this child doesn't actually have a mean heart. He's a very tender, loving, and sweet child. He's probably not trying to just break things. And he and I had a conversation that brought him to the point of going to his child and saying, remember when you were outside hitting those patio blocks with the hammer? What was it you were thinking about? Now this time, when the dad asked the question, um, he could have said, why were you hitting it? Or he could have said, what were you thinking about? His tone was gentle, and it provided safety for the little boy. And when the little boy felt that kind of safety, he answered with a really surprising answer that made everything make sense. The first point in today's story, and your lesson and story are embedded together, the first point is your tone. Consider what your tone is like when you come to your child with that question. When we want to throw our hands up in the air and say, why'd you do that? Because yes, every single day they give us opportunities to wonder why they're doing what they're doing. But if we're really going to get behind the eyes of a child and figure out what it is that they're doing, we have to come gently. We have to come with an open spirit and an open mind because their mind does not work the same way yours works. They have an immature, undeveloped brain and they don't think as far ahead as we do. Their reasoning is not the same. Their logic is not the same. But it's still true for them because that's as far ahead as their brains have developed so far. Let's get back into our story. So when the dad did come back and talk again, because of course our first response isn't always what we want our first response to be, and that's okay. 
children are forgiving. And when we ask them for a second try, they understand that because they make mistakes all the time. They know that they try things many times. So this dad went back to this boy and said, so I really want to understand. Why did you break the blocks? What were you thinking about? If you're taking notes today, write that down as a cheat sheet and put it on your refrigerator as a cue card of sorts so that you have something in sight to be able to refer to the next time, which will probably be today, that your child does something that just doesn't make sense to your adult brain. Here it is again if you're writing it down. I do really want to understand. Why did you, in this case it was break the blocks, what were you thinking about? So if you say it in a way that your child can open up to you, then they will become calmer. And then when, they, when their brain becomes calmer, it will come back online and they will be able to find their words better. Now, here's what the boy said. Well, I was listening to how the sound changed. The conversation from that point changed tremendously. The dad did a glorious job because he said, what did it sound like? So now the child is being validated. The dad is hearing what the child is sensing. The dad then entered the child's world and explored with the child what the child was thinking. He asked more questions about sound and the pitch changes. And this nine-year-old was saying that the smaller pieces make a higher pitch than the bigger pieces. And in their conversation, the dad learned that in music class, they were hitting blocks with mallets. So what the child was really doing was finding other places in his environment to explore, to see if what it is that he learned in music class with big blocks and little blocks and mallets are true in other areas of the world. He didn't know what he was going to find, but it remind, when he saw hammer and he saw those patio blocks, it reminded him of something he has already learned. So he's applying his learning in a different environment to the new environment and finding that it's true again. But the sound is different on cement than it is on blocks. Now, here's the immaturity of the brain. That child didn't have any concept of what is two feet in front of him. He is paying attention to these blocks and their sound, but he didn't think about the consequence of the blocks breaking. He didn't think about those blocks belonging to somebody. He didn't think about that they cost money. All of that was out of his radar, and that has to do with that immature brain. He's only soaked in that moment, but his reasoning, in his immature logic, was sound reasoning. You can see that he did have a why for doing what it is that he was doing, and there was nothing wrong with his reasoning from the perspective of what he could understand. So then the dad did a next thing that was really, really helpful for kids. And I don't know why I said for kids, because it's for everybody. The dad validated what the child said. So the dad responds, 
getting back to our story again, the dad responded with, that's really cool. I love that you're learning in school and you are exploring outside of school. That's really quite smart. Now there is a pause. After the validation, because truly it was cool, what the little boy was doing was really showing his growth and his exploration and his learning from, we call it generalizing. When a child takes learning from one environment and they try it in a different environment to see if it's true over there too, we call that generalizing. And so we see that he's exploring and generalizing. And that is a higher level skill. So the dad validated that was really cool. And then comes the pause. Because there does need to be some teaching. After you've validated that child, they're ready. They are ready to learn. You have made that connection between you and them. You've built that that road to be able to open their receivers for what you're going to drop in now for the education that they really need to learn because that's not okay to go around breaking the blocks. So at this point, the dad says, well, well, I'm not going to give any names. So, well, child, even though that was cool, never do that again. Now that got the child's attention. And he said, I had plans for those blocks. I have to buy those blocks. We need to replace those blocks. And in your exploring, those blocks are all broken now. So it's not okay to do it, even though it was cool. So learn from it, be done. And this pile of blocks, this pile is yours to smash now until it's completely gone. But I'm going to buy some new ones and you may not touch them. Do you understand me? And the child nods, yes. And the child said, I'm sorry, dad. And he hugged him and said, I understand what happened. And I forgive you, and it is really cool what you were thinking. Just don't do it again. You get to have this, and the dad repeats, you get to have this pile of broken ones. Smash them all you want and listen to the sounds because it is good. I'm going to buy new ones, and those are mine. You may not touch them. And they had an agreement. They had hugs. They had high fives. And they left the situation joyful and happy and connected which is how we want to, but we don't always, leave our confrontations with our kids. But that was just such a glorious, beautiful example that I wanted to tell the story and give the example as an episode because that's what this podcast is. That is a perfect example of using the language of play. Explore together. Discover together. Figure out why did they do that. They have their reasons. And it's probably authentic to them, even if they can't articulate it well themselves. So if you can go into explorer mode and try to get into their mind, what were you thinking? Why did you do it? What happened then? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? 
Here are just some questions that might help you be able to explore into your child's brain to figure out what they're doing the next time they do something a little bit confusing. Come back next time to learn what the other side of the situation is. So when we use why as a correction, there are problems that come of that. In our next episode, we will discuss some of those problems that come from not being authentic with our why questions. And remember, we're going to be celebrating 50 episodes. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.